Hey everyone, welcome back to the Alberta Roundup. I'm your host, Rachel Emanuel. I hope that you guys are having a great week so far and happy Calgary Stampede to those of you participating in this year's festivities. I know I've already seen some of you at some of the events and I'm sure I will see many more of you over the next couple of days. If it seems like it's been a quiet week in Alberta politics, well, it has been. I think we are in the dog days of summer. However, there was one big headline which dropped this week. I think you guys already know what story I'm talking about today. So we are going to dive into that and I'm gonna provide a little analysis on my thoughts. On today's show, we're going to be talking about CBC's latest regret. We're also gonna be taking a quick look at Bill C-18. All that and more happening now on the Alberta Roundup. Unless you live under a rock, you likely heard that the CBC had to apologize this week for a story it published back in January, in which it erroneously claimed that staff in Alberta Premier Daniel Smith's office had contacted Crown prosecutors challenging their assessment of cases stemming from COVID-19 and the Coots border blockade. Shortly after that story was published, CBC updated it with an editor's note, saying that it had not viewed the emails in question. Further cracks began to show in the story when Danielle Smith, her staff, and Crown prosecutors all denied that the emails existed. In fact, the public service conducted an independent investigation, and it also found no evidence of such emails. And so it seemed the story began to unravel even further. Fast forward to May, we are now in the Alberta provincial election, and CBC was still standing behind its reporting. But then came the independent ethics investigation from the Alberta Ethics Commissioner, in which she also found no evidence of emails between Daniel Smith's office and Crown prosecutors. That was back in May. We are now in July. And what happened this week? CBC went back to update the story and say that they returned to their sources, re-interviewed them, and could not confirm that the emails did exist. In a lengthy editor's note, CBC wrote, quote, As such, we have updated this story and related pieces, removing references to direct contact between the Premier's office and prosecutors, which the Premier has vehemently denied. CBC News regrets reporting direct contact by email. I followed up with CBC News Head of Public Affairs Chuck Thompson to ask why it took them so long to make this change, two months after we've seen the Ethics Commissioner report. In a statement to me, he said, quote, simply stated, that's the time it took to do our due diligence. We know that Alberta Premier Danielle Smith has long called the allegations in the CB story baseless and demanded a retraction and an apology. After CBC News corrected its story, the Premier said in a statement, quote, after months of the CBC reporting interference between my office and Crown prosecutors, Today, CBC News removed references to direct contact between my office and prosecutors and regrets reporting direct contact by email. I've been vindicated, as has my office. Now that CBC has expressed regret for its inaccurate reporting and Albertans know the truth, I consider the matter with the CBC closed. Additionally, I'm asking the Alberta NDP to acknowledge their error also and retract and apologize for spreading this misinformation. I doubt that those of us who have been paying attention are surprised to see the CBC had to change, correct, and apologize 
for the reporting. As I've just explained to you, there were cracks showing in the piece from the very beginning. But I don't think the CBC's regret goes far enough. To make an error of this magnitude, it is not simply enough to change the wording in a story and add an editor's note. This demands a full retraction. And the thing that is so enraging about this is that we, the Canadian taxpayer, paid for this work to be done. We paid for the Premier to be defamed for months on end. And I think all of us know that this did impact the outcome of the Alberta provincial election. As a bit of an aside, I'm obviously a journalist and I know what it's like to get things wrong. It's very embarrassing. I also know what it's like to be excited about what seems like a really big scoop and go to your editors and say, I have this great scoop. In fact, at a couple times at True North, I've gone to my editors with such stories and they vetoed it because the sources wanted to remain anonymous and we didn't have adequate proof that what they were saying happened did in fact occur. This is a problem about using anonymous sources is they can say anything they want and there's absolutely no consequences to them. That's when you need good editors to come in and say, there's not adequate proof for this story, we are going to veto it. In this case, CBC clearly should never have published the story without having viewed the emails in question, which clearly do not exist. And so I have the most sympathy for junior reporters who are doing their best, and I have absolutely zero sympathy for the editors who should have known better. The truth is that these editors probably think that Danielle Smith is crazy enough to do something like this. The CBC's bias against Conservatives and certainly against Alberta Premier Daniel Smith has been so evident since day one. And now they have egg on their face. And I'm sorry, but a simple apology is just not going to cut it this time. My question of the week for you guys is that Premier Danielle Smith has said she now considers the matter settled. As I've mentioned, they didn't even issue a full retraction. They simply changed the wording in a story and added an editor's note. I don't think that goes far enough. What about you? I also wanted to dive into some of your comments this week because you guys all provided pretty astute analysis on what happened here. Twitter user Reagan Nelson said, maybe CBC should use investigative journalism to base their stories on instead of anonymous phone calls in the night. If you are actually a news service, you would verify all stories before you print them. Basic journalism. Todd Glassman wrote, shouldn't they attempt due diligence before printing an incredibly damaged and completely false story? And Voodoo the Viking had this funny fake encounter of the CBC publishing a story and then deciding if they would figure out whether or not it was true in a few months. Honestly, I had to laugh at all of these because it's exactly correct. Of course, you shouldn't do your due diligence after the story was published. Should have been done well in advance, especially with a story of this magnitude, which had lasting repercussions. Moving on to our next story here, I did have a chance to do another midweek interview and it looks like most of you guys had the opportunity to catch it. But for those of you who didn't, I wanted to quickly talk to you about the financial burden to taxpayers of C-18. I know, I know, you guys thought this legislation was just going to make it harder to find the news that you liked on Facebook and Google. But what it will actually do is it will increase the cost to Canadian taxpayers. Imagine that the Liberal government introduces and passes legislation. And of course, there's a fee to all of us. Here's what Chris Sims, the Alberta Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, told me about Bill C-18 earlier this week. The Heritage Minister piped up and said, oh, don't worry. We need to make sure that these newsrooms stay open. Who's we? The government, I guess. And we are going to make sure that you have the resources you need. Now, resources, of course, is government speak for taxpayers' money. 
This is a huge problem for two major reasons. One, as a longtime lifelong journalist myself, it's wrong for journalists to be paid by the government, period. You cannot hold a government to account if you're counting on that government for your paycheck. So that doesn't fly. And two, there's no way that taxpayers should be on the hook to fund media companies and keeping newsrooms open. That is not the role of the taxpayer here. And so we're coming after this for two major reasons. One is accountability, and the second is the cost. And finally, moving into our weekly comment roundup, we had a little bit of a chat about Danielle Smith's comments on energy policy this week. User Thomas Stewart on YouTube said, it's true the Western provinces are thinking of leaving Canada over this energy from oil issue. Tamara Leach is an active part of a political party whose objective is to do that because of the oil issue. Putting her in jail and locking the bank account of the supporters of that political party, its support for the truckers is not something the Emergencies Act was constructed for. No matter what Canada decides, our forests take in more CO2 than Canada can produce. So it's pointless to punish the poor by taxing them out of food, fuel, warmth, when all that it can accomplish is perhaps to end the nation from sea to sea. User Ed Friesen said Dina Hinshaw was a big part of the problem with AHS, not a solution. Perhaps we have just identified about 100 doctors who are also not part of making our healthcare better for Albertans. Our healthcare system was severely broken and still has a long ways to go back to acceptable standard. Okay guys, that's all I have for you today. I just wanna let you know that there won't be a show next week as I am away. I hope that you guys have a great couple of weeks. As always, if you're able, please consider supporting our work. You can do that over at donate.tnc.news. I'll see you all in a few weeks. God bless.